Welcome to the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast, a podcast providing in-depth analysis and coverage of your favorite Milwaukee Brewers by Peter and David Go. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. I'm your host, Peter Go. Excited to cover uh, maybe the biggest Brewers news, I don't know, since the Yelich signing. Um, Brewers announcing a two-year, $18 million deal with uh, second baseman Colton Wong, and excited to cover that. How does that impact the Brewers' starting lineup? Uh, where does that leave Keston Hira? What does the middle infield look like for the Brewers? Um, just the implications of this signing. Um, really excited to get into that. And there is also some baseball news as well. Uh, some bigger names in free agency, Trevor Bauer, uh, Ozuna as well. Um, so covering all of that today, uh, David, any thoughts here before we get into it? No, I mean, it's been a pretty eventful week uh, as far as the baseball world goes, of course, within the Brewers organization as well with Colton Wong. Uh, but a lot of free agents are signing now. Um, we're kind of seeing the end of the offseason come. And I'd say this offseason, we've probably seen the free agents sign later than pretty much any other offseason. Uh, but it is at least kind of fun to see a little bit of action here at the end as we enter in spring training in about a week or two. Yeah, spring training is coming soon. And like you said, it was kind of a, I guess you could call late bloom uh, off season, but nonetheless excited to just see some movement uh, by the Brewers and by free agents alike. So uh, let's just get into it. Uh, you got our trivia question of the day today? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will be sharing our trivia question once again. Uh, the trivia question today, who was the last Brewer to win back-to-back -back gold gloves? So this comes in light of the Colton Wong signing. Wong is actually uh, the reigning gold glove winner at second base for each of the past two years. Um, but who was the last Brewer to win back-to-back -back gold gloves, Peter? Who do you think? Who's your guess? Um, let's see. Uh, putting me on the spot here. I'm going to go with, I, I, I've seen most recently, I know Lorenzo Cain. I believe Gomez previously won the gold glove, but uh, neither of those, I believe, were were back-to-back. Uh, -back. I'm going to go with Don Money. That is a good guess. He had a really long errorless streak, although I don't believe that he actually won any gold gloves in his career. Huh. A little bit surprising given the era. Uh, the correct answer is actually Cecil Cooper, who won gold gloves in 1979 and 1980. And the only other multiple uh, gold glove winner in Brewers franchise history was George Scott who was traded for Cooper and was a member of the Brewers a little bit earlier on in the 70s, pretty early on in their franchise history. Did Young ever win a gold glove? I believe he won one. Okay, um, yeah. I was kind of... Uh, I think it was in 82. Okay, yeah. I was kind of... Uh, I, I remembered Cooper, I, I thought, had won at least one. I knew Money was a good defender, Yount, and then, like I said recently, Gomez and Kane. Those two I knew, of course, had not won multiple. Um, but... Interesting. Cecil Cooper, not necessarily thought of as a, a defense first player, which also he was a first baseman. So kind of makes sense to not a lot of first basemen that are kind of defense first sort of guys. But there you have it. Cecil Cooper, uh, only brewer to win back to back gold gloves, learned something new. And uh, he got me on this one. Mm -hmm. And then also our random player of the day today um, I'll be sharing is Scooter Jeanette. Of course, a more recent brewer. I think he's kind of forgotten, actually. I, I was going through who might I might I uh, use for random player of the day. Colton Wong, of course, being a second baseman. So I was thinking about who the most recent second baseman have been. And Scooter Jeanette came to mind. Uh, Jeanette, 
who was with the Brewers between 2013 and 16, hit 279 in his four years with the Brewers, 318, 420 uh, to complete the slash line with the on-base and slugging percentages, about an average hitter overall. And they did actually waive him before that 2017 season. Uh, in three years with the Reds, though, hit 298, 493 slugging, hit four home runs in a game in 2018. And in that year, he also was an all-star. He actually did not play baseball last year. Uh, I know he said that in order for him to feel like it was worth it, he wanted to make at least a certain amount of money. He didn't exactly specify what that amount was, uh, but he didn't end up signing anywhere. And that was on the heels of a terrible 2019 campaign, injury riddled, but still hit 226, 245 on base percentage, 323 slugging. Hopefully Jeanette can get back into baseball, uh, but random player of the day today. Yeah, Jeanette obviously had those two really strong years after the Brewers waived him, which was sort of tough to see as a Brewer fan, uh, kind of a fan favorite, enjoyed seeing Scooter play, uh, even as a uh, autograph seeker. Scooter was always a great signer before games, uh, just a fun guy to be around. Um, and sad to see him go, especially have two productive years. Um, but like you said, that injury riddled 2019. Um, do you see him at a point in his career where he's maybe on the decline and, and then maybe that was why he really struggled to uh, – land a deal in free agency last year, or do you see him with still some potential to be a, a solid uh, middle infielder? I think it's possible he could be uh, at least a, a useful backup middle infielder, utility type player. Uh, probably would uh, land a minor league deal at this point if he were to get back, but he's still a free agent. Uh, I think it, it remains to be seen if he does even want to get back into the game. I think that he could have a job if he wanted, uh, but maybe not at the major league level initially. Yeah, it would be an ab abrupt end uh, to really a strong showing. Like you said, 2017 and 2018, both very strong years. And then just very quickly, uh, just to kind of fall off the face of the earth. I mean, we've seen it happen before with players, uh, but certainly would be sort of a sad way for Scooter to end uh, his career. But nonetheless, uh, not to spend too much time on, on Scooter or reminiscing on his time with the Brewers, but uh, there you have it. Random player of the day, Scooter Jeanette. Um, and Really, as we move towards, again, talked about the Colton Wong signing. We will cover that. Um, but a couple pretty big news around the league. Uh, first, coming with the uh, big right-hander on the market, Trevor Bauer, going to the Mets, right? Right? Bauer signed with the Mets, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Bob Nightingale, of course, uh, tweeting that he had signed with the Mets. He did apologize later on, which kind of led him to be almost the laughing stock of the the baseball world, especially on Twitter. I saw some comments of people putting fake Bob Nightingale tweets on there. Some of them were kind of funny. Like um, there was one fake tweet that was dated November 8th, 2000. And it said, Bob Nightingale tweeted, congratulations to Al Gore who won the election to become the 43rd <laughs> president of the United States. Um, also one dated October 26th, 1986 that said, congratulations to the world champion Boston Red Sox. Uh, just some of the funnier ones I saw, uh, of course, just poking fun at his um, his erroneous tweet about Bauer going to the Mets. Yeah, I was thinking about Steve Harvey and his uh, blunder naming the wrong, I forget what uh, TV show it was, but it did kind of remind me of that. Because, I mean, Bauer was, I mean, that was a big, a big deal. Bauer, um, really the top free agent arm on the market, and it's a big deal. Um, the National League looks different uh, with Bauer going to the Dodgers than had he gone to the Mets. So how do you see Trevor Bauer going to the Dodgers who have uh, obviously a stacked lineup they have for a uh, stacked roster, which they've had for years. How do you see Bauer fitting into the Dodgers rotation and how much better are the Dodgers? Are they still the favorite in the NL West? They are the favorite. I'm, 
I mean, it'll be a, a really interesting race between the Dodgers and the Padres, especially you look at the pitching rotations. They're just, they're stupid, honestly. Right. The Dodgers have Bauer, Kershaw, Bueller, Price, Urias, May, Gonsolin. Padres have uh, Snell, Lamette, Darvish, um, Musgrove, Paddock. Mackenzie Gore, Adrian Morejon, Ryan Weathers. Uh, both teams are just ridiculously loaded at the pitching, starting pitching uh, position. And they've got, of course, very deep rosters. I think that the, this cements the Dodgers' status as the best team in the NL going into 2021. Of course, anything can happen, especially in the postseason. I mean, who knows even how Trevor Bauer will be. He won the Cy Young last year, but also eight out of his 11 starts came against opponents that were below 500. Uh, the NL Central had ridiculously bad offense. Uh, Brewers, of course, were terrible. Uh, his own team, the Reds, were bad. Of course, he didn't face them, but the Cardinals were also really poor offensively. Pirates, uh, the worst team in the league. So uh, it's it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see how Bauer fares against better competition also, since he's only really had one full good year, 2018. Yeah, I was surprised to see the size of the contract. Uh, do you have the, the details in front of you on that, on that contract? Yeah. I know he, I mean, he got paid for sure. Yeah, he uh, is set to receive $40 million for the first year, $45 million for the second year, and then 17 for the third year. But he has opt-outs after every year. Seems likely that he'll probably opt out then after year two. I'd find it hard to believe that he would find better than a one-year $45 million contract after this year. He'd have to be like the best pitcher ever <laughs> pretty much to get that yeah. contract. I mean, highest paid uh, player in the history of the baseball in one year. Now 40 million eclipsed. Uh, Garrett Cole was making 36 a year. Trout was making 36 a year. Um, but now Bauer making 40, who's far from the best player in the game. Yeah, that one really surprised me. Um, like you said, far from the best player in the game. Not really. Sh- and again, we're ta- we've are we been talking about, you know, the, the seller's market, excuse me, the buyer's market that it's been all off season and then the Dodgers to have to put up that type of money with the opt-outs clauses that he has. Uh, I think Bauer got the best of this deal. And I don't know if I see this deal working out for the Dodgers. I mean, to me, Bauer has to perform like he did last year for two years straight um, without any major injuries for this deal to work for the Dodgers. And I don't see that as a likely outcome. Agreed. It seems like the best possible outcome is that he breaks even on the contract uh, if I'm the Dodgers looking at it. Uh, But then again, it's also possible that they think he can bring in more money, maybe because of his personality, his uh, his media presence. There are other things he brings to the table. So that's possible also. Um, And they also are past the luxury tax now. So they will have to uh, pay tax on uh, the amount that they went over the luxury tax threshold. So I I think that they'll end up paying about fifty five million. Um, because of this. Wow. And you have to wonder then, do they still have room to sign Justin Turner? Reportedly, the four teams that are still in on Turner, the Dodgers, of course, but also the Braves, the Blue Jays, and the Brewers, uh, the three B teams, I guess, <laughs> uh, stumbling over. <laughs> well, literally words. compared to the Dodgers, yeah. Yeah, well, that's true too. Uh, but that could impact it. I think Turner will probably somewhere between 13 and $15 million. Can the Brewers squeeze that in? Not sure. The Dodgers probably could squeeze that in, uh, but it may be a little bit less likely now that they just shelled out a huge contract to Trevor Bauer. And the Braves just shelled out a big contract to Marcelo Zuna as well. Um, I think it was four years, $72 million, uh, to play in the outfield um, since there will be no DH this year. Uh, that's what it's really looking like. Um, also no expanded playoffs. That was agreed upon. Um, 
well, it, more like it was there was a lack of an agreement between the union and the Players Association. So no rule changes for the upcoming year with an on-time start. But Ozuna to the Braves could also impact Turner. They might just choose to go with Austin Riley at third base. He kind of splits time between third base and left field normally. But if Ozuna is occupying that spot in left field, possibly then Riley shifts to third full-time. Braves would then be out on Turner if that's the case. So uh, maybe it's really between the Blue Jays and the Brewers for Turner. Who knows? Uh, Blue Jays have been uh, willing to spend money this offseason. So it's possible that the Brewers get outbid, of course, uh, once again, since it seems like we always get outbid. Yeah. And do you see Turner as really a one-year deal all around, you know, of all those options? Like, I'm thinking about the Blue Jays. Are the Blue Jays a contender this year? for a one-year deal. It just doesn't seem to line up with where the Blue Jays are uh, as a franchise. They could be. I mean, the Blue Jays have a better roster than the Brewers. It's difficult to see um, to see the path for them because they're behind the Rays and the Yankees and the ALE. Right. So that's what makes it a little bit more difficult. And perhaps they sneak in as uh, the five seed in the American League. I think that that's a real possibility. And if they do, uh, they could get hot. I mean, they've got a pretty good roster, good young offense. They signed George Springer, added Kirby Yates in their bullpen. Uh, so they spent some money. I could I could see it making sense for them. I think one or two years for Turner. He's 36 years old. Uh, but I think, yeah, probably a one or two year deal uh, for Turner would be likely. And if the Brewers did sign him for about 15 million, that would put their payroll at about 2 million over uh, what it would have been last year had it been a normal season. So it's still within that realm of uh, possibility of them spending that amount of money. Yeah, normal year, I think we, we could be pretty confident that the Brewers would have the choice to spend that money. Uh, but I think given last year, this year, and the future uncertainty, of course, I, I agree with you. It's probably unlikely we see the Brewers shell out an additional 13 to 15 million for Turner, but I do think that would make a, a tremendous difference on the Brewers roster. Um, not feeling super confident with uh, Luis Urias getting starting reps at third base. Um, I'm not sure if anyone is, but uh, they, they need to they need to make a move at third base. Turner is is clearly the best option, and I have said it before, and I'll say it again. If they don't make some moves here, they're going to be faced with wasting a prime year of Christian Yelich among the Brewers' strong young core that they have. Mm -hmm. The other option is maybe move Dan Vogelbach to third. I might put him out in center, really. Yeah, just, uh, maybe. Yeah. yeah, just a thought. Um, yeah, but yeah, thought. of course. He would. Wait, but would he be a better defender than Domingo in center? Mm, maybe. <laughs> That one's right up there. Do you know that, you remember Michael Morse, uh, that yeah. big first baseman? Yeah. Uh, he was drafted as a shortstop. Coming up I, in the minor leagues, he played shortstop full-time. I think I did remember that. I, I, I did remember hearing that. It's kind of, he was like, what, 6'6 six, six or yeah, more? Some, yeah, I don't know. He's really very tall. Yeah. I mean, it's not impossible at short, but yeah, he's a bigger guy. But I mean, you never know. Sometimes there's, mm -hmm. I mean, Kenley Jansen was a catcher. That's true. That's and a he, uh, he threw out Ryan Braun trying to steal in the World Baseball Classic in 2009. That's right. That's um, right. Yeah. Actually, one more stat, though. It's not to jump around too much, but um, but I was looking at on, on fan graphs and seeing, like, what was the combined war of Bauer and Kershaw? Kershaw was the Dodgers' top starter last year in the regular season. Uh, what was their combined war last year? And actually, their combined war was a lower number than Burns and Woodruff combined. And Burns and Woodruff combined had the highest uh, – pitching duo of any team, 4.5 fan graphs war. Uh, Bauer and Kershaw combined, I think we're 4.0. Uh, so not, not to say that Burns and Woodruff are a better combination than Bauer and Kershaw, but um, but they 
you know, you could see them compete at the top of the rotation. Of course, the Brewers don't have the amount of depth the Dodgers do, but they perhaps if they get hot in the postseason, add a couple bats, uh, you could see it where they could maybe sneak by them in a shorter series. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think, and the, the way the Brewers roster is constructed, I mean, we've talked about this before as well. I think the Brewers roster's constructed well for the playoffs. Obviously, we've had a good bullpen for years now, which is everybody knows is important in the playoffs. Um, I think the Brewers have a shot against anyone in the playoffs for that reason, but they do need to address uh, the big hole at third base uh, before we we do get into the season. So, you know, again, Colton Wong, two-year, $18 million deal with the Brewers. Uh, there is a third-year option, uh, team option for that. So Brewers have some flexibility with Wong. And like you said, Wong, known for his defense as a second baseman, he will likely fill that spot with uh, Kesson here likely moving to first. Uh, how do you see that uh, impacting the Brewers, uh, both defensively uh, and just the roster as a whole? Um, I think that it's a, a significant improvement uh, defensively. Colton Wong is probably the best defensive second baseman uh, in the major leagues. He is coming off back-to-back gold glove seasons. He's been worth five wins above replacement uh, over 2019 and 2020. Uh, and he has really only been an average hitter or so. So a lot of that value comes from his his defense, his glove. Fangraphs graded him as the top defender in 2019 at second base, the second best in 2020. So the, the glove will clearly play for Wong. But how will Hira handle first base? I think that's a pretty big question mark that a lot of people have. It seems like a little bit of an odd fit, maybe unconventional. Hira was not a good defender at second base. And he may play a little bit of second base this year, but, uh, but in large part, he will be at first. The first thing, though, that I thought of was Keston here is, what, about 5 foot 10? That's about the same height as both Eric Thames and Prince Fielder. Nobody really, when they saw Thames or Fielder, thought, oh, they're too short for first base. Of course they are short, but I think that when you when you think about it a little bit more, well, okay, so he's a small target. I mean, that's <laughs> kind of a... a like an old a, school. A, yeah, old school way of looking at it. I don't really think that that matters nowadays when you really look at it. How many how many throws are you going to be able to um, gain if you're six foot five Freddie Freeman at first base instead of five ten Keston Hira? Hira also a lot of a lot of his fielding issues came from throwing, uh, and here of course doesn't have to make very many meaningful throws at first base. I think that um, will help him. And having Colton Wong over at second is a big difference. I think. Uh, when there were rumors about having Eddie Rosario or Jock Peterson at first base, if the Brewers did choose to sign either of them earlier in the offseason, to me that would have been a bigger question mark. They're moving from the outfield to first base, which is a lot different from second to first, but also they have Kesson Hira then at second, who's a well below average defender. In this case, you at least have Colton Wong, who has terrific range and I mean, we've already established he's one of the best there. Uh, so I think that that helps Hira also um, and probably helps Arcia up the middle. Wong said Arcia was one of the first people that he called after he had signed with the Brewers and said that he wants Arcia to win a gold glove this year. Of course, it's uh, easier said than done. Uh, but, I mean, you can kind of dream about the up the middle defense with Wong and Arcia. You, you've seen the potential defensively from Arcia. I think that it significantly bolsters the Brewers as a defensive unit and one that was uh, actually one of the worst defensive units in the National League last year. Yeah, I like the point you make there about uh, looking at Jock Peterson or Eddie Rosario and just the weakness that they would have on the overall right side of the infield in that situation. And like you said, Wong adds a lot of value on the defensive side. 
Um, just a, a, a very uh, a strong player to have on the roster, a good player to add. You, you mentioned uh, his past two years, of course, Kesson really only being in the majors for these past two years now, and, and even 2020 being a shortened season. Uh, who's been the better player over the past two years, or which player would you have rather had? I would have rather had Colton Wong. Um, I mean, you can look at war, of course, being kind of the baseline. Colton Wong uh, was worth combined five war, while here is worth uh, 2.4. And I mean, Wong has a little bit more playing time. Here are the better hitter, but here didn't even have a good offensive year last year. Wong was actually the better hitter last year. If you look at Wong's numbers last year, Wong hit uh, 265 with the 350 on base percentage and a 326 slugging. The power numbers are uh, way down for Wong. They're always going to be pretty low if you look at his career averages. Uh, but he's a guy who will walk. Uh, he'll get on base. Um, and he also will cut down on strikeouts. And those are two really important things for the Brewers offense right now. They had a really difficult time limiting the strikeouts last year. Um, of course, Brewers usually are more of a more reliant on the home run ball. I don't know if we'll see as much of that this year, uh, but even like Keston Hira, he's got good power, but he swings and misses a lot. So I think a guy like Wong complements uh, and fits into the Brewers lineup pretty well, especially if they were to add somebody like Justin Turner. Uh, I, th I think that that would be a really good lineup. Um, right now, uh, I just kind of was looking at what the lineup might look like. My projection I had as uh, Kane, Wong, Yelich. Hira, Narvaez, Garcia, Urias, and Arcia. Um, but if you do uh, fit in even like an average hitting third baseman in instead of Urias, and then maybe have Urias and Arcia splitting time at short, that significantly deepens the lineup because now uh, you can slot uh, Narvaez more in the six or seven spot and not depend on him as much. I do think he will bounce back pretty well. But you also, you don't know because he's coming off a horrible offset offensive season. <laughs> um, Garcia is coming off a very poor offensive season as well. And while you probably can bank on one of them bouncing back, you don't want to depend too much on that. Uh, so I think that bringing in a third baseman would significantly deepen the lineup, probably about as much as Wong significantly deepened the defensive lineup uh, and the defense as a whole um, with this signing. Yeah, I think that uh, roster construction makes a lot of sense. Uh, knowing Craig Council, he probably will skip over this part of our podcast since, you know, he's obviously a, 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 an active listener of our podcast, given that he doesn't believe in uh, lineup construction. Uh, not that he doesn't believe in it, but he doesn't believe in the power of it uh, to the degree that others do. Mm -hmm. um, but I couldn't agree more. Again, I will continue to harp on the Brewers. Third base bat needs to be there. Um, Currently, you know, with Urias at third base, how do you see this Brewers lineup uh, on the offensive side stack up against uh, other um, division rivals, Cardinals, Cubs alike? I think the Cardinals have a pretty clearly have a better lineup. Of course, they've got Goldschmidt, who's coming off a pretty good 2020 season. Arenado, who is not coming off a very good year, but has the track record. You can kind of expect a pretty good year from Arenado. Um, even leaving Coors, or maybe even especially leaving Coors, uh, since it's kind of difficult to hit on the road uh, when you're playing for the Rockies. I think we almost overcompensate. Uh, but the, the Cardinals have a, a pretty good lineup. Not I, I would even say not as deep as the Brewers, but they have a little bit more, um, more power, more, more star power in the middle of the lineup. Cubs lineup is probably still better than the Brewers also. Even though they did get rid of a number of the members of the starting pitching rotation, uh, they still have 
Contreras. They still have Bryant, Baez. Um, they have a number of their offensive superstars from the past couple of years. I think that the Cubs probably have a better lineup than the Brewers, but I would say the Brewers probably slot in in that probably in that third range, just above the Reds. The Reds had a terrible offense last year and haven't done anything to address it. So middle of the pack. And then when you pair that with probably the best pitching staff in the division, I would I am actually pretty optimistic about the Brewers' chances in an overall pretty weak division. I agree. I think uh, the Brewers' offense is not, is not uh, their strong suit currently. Um, but starting pitching you can make the case that the Brewers are at the top among the, the division. And as always, Brewers bullpen, uh, I'll take the Brewers bullpen any day of the week. Um, so I, I do think the Brewers have a legitimate shot, even after the Nolan Arenado signing. Definitely strengthens the Cardinals. Um, I think before then, we were looking at pretty even even teams across the board. Uh, now I think the Cardinals, like you said, are probably the better team on paper, but I'm definitely not counting out the Brewers, especially – um, if we see a, a signing or two happen uh, before the end of the year. And I know we've talked about Justin Turner as a potential signing. Uh, any other players that you see um, either fitting at, at third base or just anywhere at the Brewers uh, either have shown interest or just somebody that you see as a natural fit for the Brewers? I don't know if I'd say this is a natural fit necessarily, but the Brewers have shown interest in Shinsu Chu. Uh, Chu probably have heard of him because he's just been around so long. He is 38 years old, actually a year older than Ryan Braun. He's been in the major leagues for about the same amount of time. Actually, he debuted in 05, uh, which was be two years before Braun even uh, debuted in the major leagues. Uh, but she's kind of been an average player with the Rangers for a number of years. He was just okay last year, but in 2019, he had a very good offensive year, 371 on base percentage, 455 slugging. And he's been working out at first base um, in addition to his below average right field defense that he has. So you could see the Brewers maybe bringing him in and having him play some first base along with Hira. And then maybe some right field also. Maybe more of a platoon with Avisail Garcia, who hit right-handed pitching really poorly last year. Yeah, I agree. That's an interesting um, take I agree, probably not the most natural of fits, um, but could be another way to add some depth to the Brewers' offense if they're looking at a cheaper price tag than, of course, Justin Turner would demand uh, compared to Chu. So nonetheless, we will certainly see um, what happens on that end. And uh, another minor signing as well that you had to share as well. Yeah, they signed Blaine Hardy a couple weeks ago. I forgot to mention him in our previous episodes, but he's a left-handed relief pitcher. Uh, he's been with the Tigers for about six years, actually. Uh, and even though he is a left-handed pitcher, he actually fares similarly against lefties and righties, which bodes well for him given the recent rule change. Um, he was out with an elbow injury last year. Um, I, I think he actually had Tommy John surgery. Could not say for sure, um, but I know he is uh, kind of on the mend. Uh, he has a very good changeup. Uh, so that's why he's able to uh, have success against right-handed hitting. Uh, but he could actually factor in in the Brewers' bullpen. He's been a pretty consistently average relief arm. And the Brewers could choose to uh, break camp with him as a member of their bullpen. Um, beyond the first four or so arms in the bullpen, nothing's really set um, once you get past Hayter, Williams, Peralta, Suter. And even I, I have heard people talking about moving Peralta back to the rotation. <laughs> I feel like we should be over this by now. Uh, but I I have heard those rumors again. So um, so it is possible that that is something that the Brewers choose to, uh, to pursue. 
So like you mentioned, Hardy, just a, a smaller signing, minor league signing uh, Brewers made recently. I know our, on our last episode, we uh, were talking about how we were excited to cover this week Brewers farm system. Of course, with the Colton Wong signing, definitely opted uh, to make sure that we uh, gave coverage to the Wong sign. Again, pretty big deal for the Brewers to bring in uh, the two-time gold glover. Um, and we will put off the Brewers farm system to next episode. Uh, unless, of course, the Brewers uh, sign Justin Turner or uh, pull off that Jose Ramirez trade we broke down. Uh, Stearns, if, if Stearns was listening to the episode last week, I mean, we got counsel Stearns, active listeners, of course. Uh, then we will certainly... Uh, be happy to cover a trade for Jose Ramirez next week um, if that does happen. But if, in case, the Brewers don't pull off a miraculous trade, we will be covering uh, the Brewers farm system top to bottom next week and, again, taking a look at which current Brewer uh, would make the best manager right now. And and before we wrap things up, uh, something that came to mind as you're talking about Shinsu Chu comparing him to Ryan Braun. You know, we talked early in the offseason that uh, really right when the season ended, you know, is this the final game that Ryan Braun has played for the Brewers? And it's just kind of continued along as uh, Braun uh, had the retirement party with the Brewers, but never fully came out as, you know, fully retiring from the Brewers in a public announcement. Is there any news on that end? Is it just a, a, a form of an assumption at this point that Braun has done with baseball? Where does he stand? Um, I mean, I don't have any inside information, so I couldn't say for sure. It seems like Braun is headed towards retirement this offseason. That seemed like what Council was kind of almost implying and when he had been talking to reporters over the past couple weeks, especially now that we know that there won't be a DH in the National League. It seems like signing someone like Shin Su Chu would really cement that uh, the Brewers wouldn't bring back uh, Ryan Braun and sign Shin Su Chu. It just wouldn't make sense being basically basically the same player uh, almost and Braun having uh, the stature that he does in Brewers history. Uh, it, it seems unlikely at this point Braun will return. I'm kind of holding out a little bit of hope because I don't want him to uh, go out on that weird season, shortened season, back injury in the short postseason series. Uh, but at the same time, um, you never know. I mean, he hasn't announced it. And I'm sure if he was 100% sure that he was retiring, um, he he would have announced it already. I mean, you never know. KD said he was 90% sure he was returning to OKC right. uh, back a few years ago. So maybe <laughs> Braun's 90% sure he's retiring um, and he'll come back to the Brewers this spring. We can hope, but we don't really know. And it seems unlikely. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I was uh, getting the feeling of. Just wondering if you had any other thoughts on that. And it is it would be unfortunate for him to end his career that way. He deserves more. Uh, that's no question about that. Deserves to be recognized by the Brewers. And even if it was a, I don't know, 10-day signing or two-day signing, one-day signing that they that they do, I would be fine with them. Really, he deserves uh, more honor than he received. Um, can't blame the Brewers because we really weren't sure if it was going to be his last year. But I do hope the Brewers do commemorate him um, according to being one of the most influential uh, and one of the best players in franchise history. Um, so certainly I hope the Brewers do give him the honor that he does deserve. Um, so kind of a side tangent there, but just kind of wanted to give everyone an update because we have promised to continue to cover it, but really nothing has come to fruition over the offseason on bronze status for 2021. So really uh, kind of wrapping up things here today. Again, Brewers making a splash with a uh, two-year deal with Colton Wong. Again, third-year option for the Brewers. Uh, a big upgrade over there at second base and allowing Kira to move to first uh, definitely makes the Brewers offense stronger, but also defensively, of course, Wong known for that. 
uh, will complement the Brewers roster well, like David was mentioning. Uh, Trevor Bauer, not signing with the Mets, but rather going to the Dodgers to uh, compete in the arms race over there in the NL West between the Dodgers and Padres. Marcel Ozuna to the Braves. Uh, random player of the day, uh, Brewers fan favorite, second baseman Scooter Jeanette. And with that, we are signing off. Go Brewers. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Bleeding Blue and Yellow podcast. We would greatly appreciate if you would rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast. We'd also love if you would be willing to support our podcast financially. And you can find the link to do that down below in the episode notes through the Anchor app. Be sure to check out our blog at bleedingblueandyellow.wordpress.com where you can find great articles and content there. And interact with us at Brewers Podcast on Twitter or Instagram. Thanks for listening and see you next week.